Hello, listeners. Thank you so much for listening to our show. You can take your listening further and support our work by becoming a member. Members receive an ad-free listening experience, members-only bonus content, an invitation to join the DSR Network Slack community, a members-only newsletter, and members-only blog posts. For the month of February, take 5% off the regular membership price. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code daily. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy code daily. Thank you. It's February 13th, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kotnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. The BBC is reporting that the U.S. military is unsure what three flying objects it shot out of the skies over North America were and how they were able to stay aloft. President Joe Biden ordered another object, the fourth in total this month, to be downed yesterday. As it was traveling at 20,000 feet, it could have interfered with commercial air traffic, the U.S. said. One senior official told ABC News that the three most recent objects to be shot down were likely weather devices and not surveillance balloons. But this was seemingly contradicted by Chuck Schumer, who earlier told the broadcaster that intelligence officials believed the objects were, in fact, surveillance balloons. Rescuers in Turkey have pulled more people from the rubble of Monday's earthquakes, but hopes were fading in Turkey and Syria that many more survivors would be found, according to Deutsche Welle. UN Relief Chief Martin Griffiths has said he expects the death toll to at least reach 50,000 after he arrived in southern Turkey on Saturday, to assess the quake's damage. With a death toll of at least 29,605 in Turkey, the disaster is already in the list of the top 10 deadliest earthquakes ever. More than 3,500 people have died in Syria, where death tolls have not been updated since Friday. The Islamist hardline group, which runs the rebel-held Northwest, would not allow aid shipments from government-held parts of Syria, an unnamed source from the group, told the Reuters news agency yesterday. The Guardian is reporting that Israel's security cabinet has announced it will authorize nine settlements in the occupied West Bank after a series of attacks in East Jerusalem, including one that killed three Israelis. The so-called wild settlements were built without authorization from the Israeli government. The office of the prime minister said the security cabinet had made a series of additional decisions in the framework of the determined fight against terrorism, including strengthening security forces in Jerusalem. Netanyahu said earlier yesterday during a meeting of his government that he wanted to strengthen settlements, which are illegal under international law. More than 475,000 Israelis live in settlements in the West Bank, 
which is home to 2.8 million Palestinians. Netanyahu also announced that his government wanted to submit legislation to Parliament this week to revoke the Israeli nationality of, quote, terrorists. Elsewhere, according to Al Jazeera, Cambodian Prime Minister Hun Sen has shut down one of the country's few remaining independent media outlets, with human rights organizations condemning the decision as a politically motivated attack on the free press. Following orders from Hun Sen, the government revoked the License for Voice of Democracy, or VOD, on Monday, with access to VOD's Khmer and English language websites blocked by some internet providers within the country. The outlet's sudden closure followed an order from Hun Sen over the weekend for VOD to apologize for and retract a February 9th Khmer language report that his son, Lieutenant General Hoon Manette had authorized $100,000 of aid to Turkey in place of his father. The VOD article was based on a quote from government spokesperson Faye Safan, who told the outlet that it is not wrong for Hoon Manette to play his father's role in providing aid to Turkey. In a social media post afterward, Hoon Manette denied he had authorized the aid which VOD Khmer noted in a follow-up report. Kenya's The Nation is reporting that the Ethiopian government has suspended access to popular social media platforms after tensions escalated between the authorities and the Orthodox Christian Church, Internet watchdog Netblocks said on Friday. Netblocks, an organization that monitors freedom of access to the Internet, said the latest restrictions impacted TikTok, Facebook, and Telegram. According to the watchdog, the disruptions were executed by the state-owned giant service provider, Ethio Telecom. The latest disruption comes amid anti-government protests sparked by tensions over an alleged government-backed attempt to split the Ethiopian Orthodox Tuhado Church. Ethiopia has a history of social media restrictions during protests, although authorities do not generally announce the measure. According to the AP, a committee that has been examining historic child abuse in the Portuguese Catholic Church said Monday that 512 alleged victims have come forward. The Independent Committee for the Study of Child Abuse in the Catholic Church set up by Portuguese bishops just over a year ago, looked into alleged cases from 1950 onward. The panel produced its final report Monday. Portuguese bishops are due to discuss the report next month. The statute of limitations has expired on most of the alleged cases. The panel is not publishing the names of the victims, the identities of the alleged abusers, or the places the abuses allegedly happened. The report said that 77% of the abusers were priests, with other perpetrators being linked to church institutions. Reuters reports that Mexico's defense ministry said Sunday that security forces had arrested a suspected top cartel member accused of leading the region's production of fentanyl, which has killed thousands in the United States. 
The arrest, which took place last Thursday in the state of Sinaloa, came just weeks after U.S. President Joe Biden visited Mexico and followed the recent high-profile arrest of cartel leader Ovidio Guzman. The suspect is described as being a leading logistics chief for the famed narco-trafficker known as Mayo Zambada, who jointly headed the powerful Sinaloa cartel. In lighter news from the UPI, a Chilean swimmer has become the first person to swim 1.55 miles through the frigid waters of Antarctica. Barbara Hernandez, an open-water swimmer whose accomplishments include a Guinness World Record for the fastest ocean mile swim through the Drake Passage in southern Chile, wore only a standard bathing suit when she took on the 36-degree water. Hernandez said her swim, believed to be a new world record for the longest Antarctic swim, was aimed at raising awareness of the need to protect Antarctic waters. I'm so happy and so relieved that it all went well. Physically, it has been incredibly tough, but all worth it if the message on the need for urgent action to protect these amazing waters reaches decision makers, Hernandez said in a news release. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, we spoke with Pablo Rasmussen of the Albright Stonebridge Group about tensions between the U.S. and Europe over Made in America rules. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief. <laughs>